My name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a summer of pride. Happy summer of pride. The following commercial is for cisgender neutral adults only. Viewer discretion is advised. You've seen it for the entire month of June, so why not see it all summer long? Only this time, like never before. Available for the first time, it's They Them's Gone Wild. You won't believe what these crazy they's and them's did when we put them and they in front of the camera. Join us as we make the rounds with everything from male chest feeders, To bonus hole bandits and more. Call now and get the all new They Them's Gone Wild for an amazing low price of $19.99. And as a bonus, our first 100 callers will also get They Them's Gone Wild Topless Trannies at the White House edition for free. I was simply living in joy, living my truth and existing in my body. That's right. If you've never seen a They Them's Gone Wild video, buckle the up, because you never know what these creeps might do next. Again, They Them's Gone Wild. Order today. Welcome back to another episode of Thinking Logically. Back from his summer break slash vacation is the Podfather Mark. I'm Dr. Joe. It's great to be back. Mark, did you have fun? I am back in these United States. Joe, uh, it was a great trip. It was a great trip to Italy, over to the motherland and fatherland, actually. But uh, yeah, we had 36 people on this trip. Northern Italy, cuisine and culture of Northern Italy. It was a great trip. Got to see some places of Italy I've never seen before. Milan, Torino, first capital of Italy, Joe. Uh, where else? We were in Bologna, um, Florence, Rome, a couple other spots along the way. It was, uh, it was incredible, actually, you know, just looking back and thinking about all the food we ate, all the things we did. I mean, you can't – it's hard to top Italy. It was just awesome. So – it's good to be back, though. It was a long trip. We were over there for, ooh, I think, 11 days. So, um, actually experienced a little reverse culture shock, as I like to call it, coming back into the United States, trying to adjust back into daily life. Um, obviously, it's just so much different over there than it is here. So, a little bit, little bit of an adjustment coming back, but um, no, it's all good. We're back on the swing of things. Episode 63. We are on today, Joe. Happy Fourth of July! It was uh, it was good to, to come back uh, Sunday night and then jump right into the Fourth of July. Uh, how'd you celebrate? How'd I celebrate all the freedom we have in this country? I I, <laughs> I took my son on a ride on his little tykes that me and my wife bought him around the neighborhood. <laughs> That's how. It, honestly, I put it to get well. Me and my wife, she definitely helped, and actually, she she did a lot of a lot of the a lot of the legwork. Actually, I have to say. But putting the little tykes thing together was terrible. It, it, it took almost an hour with two people. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. 
But other than that, it was a great 4th of July. I will say this. Uh, living vicariously through your Instagram photos and what you sent me on Snapchat, the architecture by itself is just, it, it blows it away. You, you see like a little bit like around here, some of the churches and stuff have like some like, but all the buildings that are state, federal, regular in the cities, suburbs around here, it's terrible. I don't know what kind of architecture it's called, but it's ugly compared to what you yeah. see over there in Europe in general. Oh, I know. I know, Joe. We were talking about this today. I was talking about this with a, with a relative who's over there now, and I was like, you know what? Honestly, I feel very conflicted coming back. <laughs> you know, uh, we're Italian-Americans, and it, 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 like, man, you know, I could really do this, you know, over here. But at the same time, we are in uh, different situations where that's not possible, but it's just a different way of life, you know? And uh, every, every place we went was, was just beautiful. I mean, like you said, the architecture, the culture, the music, everything, the food. It's just so much different than, than what it's like here, you know? But at the same time, we have lives here in the United States. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we should be blessed to, to be here in this country. Um, you know, they have their problems over there in Italy as well, just like we do here. So it is what it is. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a good trip. It was just nice to be back over there for an extended period like that. And, you know, just kind of one with, uh, one with our people over there, Joe. For our listeners, so, I, I want to make a point. What was the weather like for the most part? Because you said northern Italy. Um, hot. Um, it was probably in the upper 80s and sunny almost every day. Uh, it didn't rain really until the last day in Rome. So we finally got a break from the heat the final day. And of, and of all places, Rome. But yeah, it was hot, you know. Um, it was hot. It was, uh, we had great weather. So, that's amazing because yeah. for those of you that are listening that don't know, where Mark's talking, Rome is about the same latitude. I think it actually might be a slightly further north than New York City, meaning mm-hmm. northern Italy is about the same latitude as most of southern Canada, I guess. I yeah. guess. Okay. And it's amazing the, the weather they get there. And the winters, from what I understand, are kind of mild too. So you get the opposite. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was thinking about that. You know, someone was, one of the adults in the trip was asking about that, that same question. And I told him, I'm like, Rome's kind of on the same line of latitude as New York City. And then you think of like the northern part of Italy and then the rest of Europe. So the northern part of Italy, like you said, is like pretty much on par with southern Canada in terms of, you know, where it's at on the lines of latitude. And it was just scorching hot. I mean. Oh, boy pretty hot um i don't know what the, is that a result of the jet stream though the jet stream how a pattern it flows through through <clears throat> the mediterranean sea i think plays a a large um factor into that but i i i'm not sure i mean they they we, we have a giant land mass you know whereas italy for the most part is a giant coastline that's about the same width as pennsylvania if you think about it probably even skinnier yeah so well, they say Italy is the size of Florida, basically. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then you have the Sirocco winds coming up from Sicily or coming up from Africa that warm southern Italy, like Sicily, and, and makes 
you know, Southern Italy really, really hot at times. So your cousin texted me on the way back. He said, he, he was texting me something. And I said, oh, I just came back from Italy. He said, I hope you didn't fly over France. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Charles yeah, de Gaulle was... Airport. Shout out. <laughs> what a mess. But um, try, I was trying to get, watch a little bit of Italian news over there, trying to get a little bit of a gauge of what they – what their coverage is and, and what they what they kind of focus on. There was a lot of stuff on the war in Ukraine over there that was on the news. So you're seeing a different a different trend as well, Joe, with the people over there, especially around, you know, in, in their 30s, you know, early 40s. Um, you're, you're seeing, I don't want to say open-minded um, population in, the, in, that, in that age group, but we were talking about our tour director. She was 35-year-old uh, woman from Sicily. Very, very nice. But we were, I was asking her about the population collapse going on in Italy. It's on par with Japan. I'm like, why aren't people getting married and having kids in Italy? Like at a, you know, in their 20s or early 30s. And she's like, well, people are getting married and having kids, it's, but, they're, but they're waiting longer. You know, they're, they're waiting till they're maybe mid to late 30s, you know, um, and then maybe only having one child. And then that's it. So... You're seeing that kind of go on over in Italy right now. So, I mean, we, we talked about the population collapse. They're going to be losing a lot of their population just because the older population and just heavily outnumbers the younger population. So uh, we're going to see what kind of effect that has on the culture, you know, the government, the economy, things like that as, um, you know, we, we head into the future. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it looked like you had a great time over there. It looked beautiful. Like the architecture, I just, I, I can't get over the architecture. It, it's it's amazing how you come here. Hey, build a fifty-story building that's an exact rectangle. Here's five hundred million dollars. It's just it's amazing. Right. Well, that one Snapchat I sent you. Did you see me uh, the one I sent you from Florence? It was from the the Patsy. Yeah, yeah I think every, that's where I think that's where that that term comes from. Is from that that family, the Patsy. The Patsies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so right, we missed a lot yeah. though. You know, uh, it was good. It was good. You know what, Joe? I was thinking, you know, about the 4th of July and everything like that. And I'll segue into our, what we're going to talk about here. And normally I'm kind of like, you know, the last couple of years with Biden in office and just seeing some of the defeats we were taking and, and the way we were headed. I really wasn't into the 4th of July. I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm not I didn't feel as, as patriotic maybe the last couple of years as I, as I as I have this year. But this year I, I was back. I was back, and that's because we are racking up win after win, not only on the culture wars, but in the Supreme Court. So um, let's let's dive into what we uh, what we missed since we last recorded. I think on June what nineteenth or twentieth. Let's make a pact next Fourth of July. If things don't get better, we are gonna we're gonna go on the Beaver River and we are gonna toss some tea into the river, Turner's tea, into the river. <laughs> let's make a pact right now. If you're listening. This is this is the pact right now. If if any of our listeners want to join us next year, if things don't get better, we are going to go down the Beaver River and dress up like Indians and toss some tea. I like that. I like that. All right, but uh, so the first thing, as soon as I think you were on the plane, I downloaded the RFK Junior Joe Rogan episode, which was three hours long. It's pretty pretty long, but I I managed to get through it on one and a half speed, fairly quick. And I just want to comment what he said. RFK about the 1918 Spanish flu. flu. It was amazing. Mark, do you remember? I, th- I think it was actually our fantasy group chat is where I, I started this. I, it was like April or May of, of 2020. I remember telling you guys, 
Dr. Fauci wrote a paper saying most of the people didn't die from the 1918 influenza. They died from bacterial pneumonia. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to this podcast. I mean, this was an extremely interesting three hours. I listened on one and a half, too. I, I mean, everybody should listen to this podcast. RFK on, on Rogan. I mean, it, it was it was extremely interesting. Yeah, he did talk about the Spanish flu. What was, It was about bacterial infection or something like that with the Spanish flu. I mean, this was two weeks ago and... Well, he I said, really he said exactly it was like their conversation. It was like a one-two punch. First, you got the viral, whatever, whatever it was, Spanish flu, which was something viral, and then it was later on bacterial pneumonia that was what would knock and kill most of the people. And they think it's actually from people wearing masks, dirty masks. Yes. And that was my whole concept back, like in May. When I said, you know what, I'm never wearing these again. That was the whole reason. It was what that paper and what I saw like in public. I mean, how did that many people die of masks though? Die of infection from a mask. That's my that would that would be my counterpoint to that. I mean, I mean did they poison the masks? Well, think about it. So you had these people for all of 2020 virtue signaling with a mask, and where would they put the mask? Because masks could got to be expensive. They'd hang it from their sun visor or their rearview mirror in the middle of the summer it was hot and wet and moist and that's the kind of environment that that creates bacteria and the thing is a mask isn't going to stop a viral particle but bacteria can grow on a mask and it's on the inside and you're breathing it in do you see i mean there's just there's so many there's so many points to make but that was what he said about the the, when when he cited the fact that dr fauci wrote an entire paper about how masks are bad and could actually be harmful to your health. I was like, I, I actually freaking forgot about that. I t- it, it's amazing how you just memory hole certain things. Oh, man. RFK, I mean, what, what's going on with RFK? I mean, where, where is he at right now in polling in with his standing with the Democratic Party? I mean, he's not, I don't think, he, I'll tell you why I don't think he's going to do well in the primaries because he polls well with independence people that can't vote in the primary. So, I mean, do we think he's going to upset Biden? I mean, we'll get into this later. And I told you, I just, I don't think it's going to be Joe Biden. That's why I think Joe Biden's eventually going to drop out and they're going to bring in someone that can actually, I don't know what to say necessarily compete with RFK Jr. Just someone that has a pulse that can maybe stay in the game. Because they have the entire media team to go against RFK Jr. They don't have to have whoever the candidate is necessarily because there's going to be no debates. And with Joe Biden, no debates doesn't work. But with a Gavin Newsom, maybe no debates works for that. Do you see what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make here? Yeah. I think RFK would be a problem for Trump. Do you? Again, it depends, it depends on what's, what happens. It's, it's too early to tell, but if it's if it's Trump versus RFK Jr., I think it's at least a win-win for the American people because say what you want about Trump. I, I don't think he's controlled. And I really, I, I, I don't see anyone controlling RFK Jr. He's out there saying all the things that like got people banned off Twitter and social media and canceled. And, and he, he did say he's not going to make his 
which I was a little bit kind of disappointed. He's not going to make his uh, campaign about vaccines. If someone asked about vaccines, he's going to bring it up. He's going to give his opinion, but he's not going to center his campaign around vaccines. But it's going to be a very interesting next 17 months. Put it that yeah. way. Um, who did I hear on? Was it was on Jack Posobiec? Was it Oliver Stone, I think it was? When they were talking about RFK. Yeah, I think it was Oliver Stone. RFK, RFK's father. JFK. So basically, what Oliver Stone said on this podcast was the same people that killed JFK. And their theory was that it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. It was multiple gunmen um, that shot JFK. And then they even talked about how Gerald Ford, who was, I think, a congressman at the time, was on this commission, maybe the Warren Commission, moved something like a, a bullet hole entry point, like in the autopsy, to like from his like chest to his neck something like that Gerald because Ford. he said the, the yeah because okay go ahead well i mean that makes you wonder hey how the hell did gerald ford go from being a house of representative member to president of the united states without getting anyone to vote for him and then i don't know maybe maybe he did a few favors yeah for some people well well apparently you know going back to this lbj they think is the one that orchestrated or was in on the assassination of jfk they said the day of the morning of the parade LBJ came, went to JFK um, and wanted to switch who was riding in the presidential motorcade with him and Jackie and uh, the first lady and someone. And I forget who it was, but JFK refused to, to go along with the switch. So apparently LBJ storms out of the room and Jackie Kennedy said, what's with him? And JFK said, that's just Lyndon being Lyndon. So long story short, you know, they think the same people that killed JFK are the same people that killed RFK. And the same people that um, possibly framed Richard Nixon in Watergate and the same and the descendants of those people are the same people that basically you know, ruined Trump's presidency and prevented him from winning again in 2020 through, as we know now, a rigged election in some way, shape or form. You know, it was rigged from probably the media, as we saw Joe Rogan come out and mention and say today that the media rigged the, the election in 2020. So, um so going back to all this, you know, how's this tie back into RFK Jr. today? You know, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's controlled by anyone. You know, I think it is a win-win for the American people if he were the nominee. If it was Trump versus RFK. If RFK won, so be it. But um, we just can't afford another four years of, of this disaster that we have now. So going back see. to the fk assassination because i have to hammer this home this is this is honestly one of my favorite topics people forget the guy that supposedly shot him lee harvey oswald was caught in a movie theater and whenever he was caught he threw his hands up and said i'm not resisting i'm not resisting i'm a patsy and then long behold a few days later he was shot in the chest in a police uh police station basement i believe yes police station basement by a mob boss you can't make it up. Talk yep. about conspiracy. Talk about conspiracy. Yeah. And there's a reason why you can't see. We're, we're not allowed as taxpaying citizens to see the JFK files. 60 years later. Who's the guy yeah. that's not releasing it? Joe Biden. Trump also yeah. didn't release it either. So shame on him. But let's well, hear what Trump. He... Well, apparently Trump. Today, somebody asked Trump about why he didn't declassify all this information. And he said it's so horrible that you wouldn't believe it. So. I'll believe it. Yeah. So if we want to go full circle here, Joe, going back to the Patsy uh, conspiracy I'm, I'm looking at right now on Wikipedia, 
from um, going back to, to Florence and what I sent you uh, while I was over there. Um, basically, the, the Patsy family. Uh, there was a there was a conspiracy that they were going to um, something with the uh, the Medici's and the, and the Patsies, and the Patsies were eventually you know caught up in this conspiracy and they were banished from Florence, and their lands and property were confiscated. So, going back full circle, how <laughs> we all tie this in? Uh, that's how we do that. Interesting. I mean, the fact the fact that someone had a video camera, how popular were video handheld shoulder mounted video cameras in 1963? Yet someone. On video. So they said in the podcast uh, with Oliver Stone and Pasovic, they said that. They said video cameras weren't common back then. It's no one really had those. Like It was probably like a bunch of spies sitting on the grassy knoll that, that were t- get, got a call, say, here, be at this grassy knoll, the president can buy. They have no idea what they're doing. One of them yeah. is Leo Oswald. You might be on the grassy knoll saying, hey, wait a minute, I know that guy. That guy's a spy. And I know that guy over there. That guy works for the CIA. And that guy videoing over here, he and, and you wouldn't even know. And then all of a sudden you hear a bunch of shots ring out. And you're like, oh, my God, am I the patsy? Yeah. That, that's how it works. That's how it works. But yeah. I guess we were, we were talking about COVID. Let's just bring this up real quick. Transition, I guess, finally. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? That was a pretty good three hours. Do you have anything else you want to cover on that? On, on the Rogan RFK, oh, man. I mean, there was just so much. So much. If we if we were talking about this like the day after I listened to it, I would have probably a lot more to go over. But because it was like two weeks ago, and I've had so much going on since then, honestly, I forget some of the other some of the other things that we you know they discussed. But it was extremely interesting, you know, going talking about vaccines and um, the vaccine schedule for kids. And I mean, we just go on and on. But go listen to Joe Rogan on Spotify. Find the RFK episode and just do yourself a favor and listen to it on uh, one point five speed. And Speaking of, speaking of vaccines, this is from Zero Hedge. Um, some Pfizer vaccine batches in the EU were placebos, say scientists. That's just the headline out there. So, again, why the hell would you put a placebo in a vaccine whenever the talking point was this is a very dangerous pandemic and everyone needs to take the vaccine? So, I, I, I don't know. Uh, we can't spend any more time on COVID. We got to. We got to move on here. Why, why would you put placebos in a vaccine? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for you. Unless you were trying to maybe save someone's life. But then, like, you, you, didn't, you didn't get what you signed up for. So how does that open them up legally? Do you see what I mean here? I mean, so what do they, what do they put in the placebo? Just saline solution? Yeah. And if they do, you signed, you signed a consent to, like, get that... They, they didn't give you what you were consenting towards. I mean, maybe it's, believe me, maybe it's better in the long run you got the saline, but still this has to open them up legally, right? Yeah. I mean, this makes it like Russian roulette. Well, then they waive all their liability, or whatever. They can't be held liable for anything. I, I don't know because it, like, again, citing RFK, you, you heard him say on the podcast how hard it is to, to sue for these vaccines. They, they've made it going back to Ronald Reagan to, you know, to just we call both sides. He was a Republican president. He made it yeah. very easy for, for them, the, the vaccine companies. So um, let's just move on. Um, Pride Month's over, and it's now the summer of Pride, Mark. I don't know if you were aware when you came back, you thought Pride Month was going to be over, but I was just in a, I don't want to say what location. It wasn't Target, and there was rainbow floor stickers 
all throughout the place. Anyway, yeah. I'm not even going to play the Rachel Levin quote or video because you probably heard it in the cold open. Um, let's just get into some real news that you missed while you were away, Mark. Did you happen to catch the Russian Wagner coup, Mark? Yeah, we talked about this. We talked about this. Um, this, uh, man. So apparently, this this these Wagner forces. I don't even know what what this even means. But these Wagner forces were supposedly, uh, you know, or who are Russians were trying to overthrow Putin in Moscow, and they were trying to like make their way to Moscow. I'm like, what, what, what kind of story is this? Who are these people? And yet, they they come to some agreement with with Putin, and then they 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 exile the leader to. Where Belarus or something like that? Joe, fill me in on this. What in the hell went on with this Wagner coup? This all seemed like a staged. I don't even know what this was. I I wish I wish we would have you you would have left a week later because this this would have been this would have been the, the best insight. What you saw here for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. Was the first actions of fifth generation warfare that we've seen happen. In lifetime, and I'm ashamed to say this: our mainstream media bought it, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, think about it, Mark. So the Wagner Group is basically a mercenary group that Russia is paying to do the fighting. For it, 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 simple as as I could explain it. Now, for some reason, this Wagner Group, according to our news media, decided that it had enough of Ru- Russia and was going to actually overthrow Russia, a mercenary group. Picture like. G.I. Joe, the second G.I. Joe. I've never seen the film, actually, so I don't even know if that's, that's a good reference. But they, they had a convoy. Uh, they were covering this on the news, a convoy driving from the Ukrainian front to Moscow. The only problem is, Mark, Russia has an air force. And for those of you that don't know, that distance is about the distance of driving from Philadelphia to Miami. Yeah. And so what we saw, I guess... The convoy made it close to Moscow, about 100 miles outside of Moscow or a few hours outside of Moscow, stopped. An agreement was made somehow between Putin and this guy. Um, after This is after Putin came on TV and legitimately sold it, said that it was a coup attempt and, and people were going to be held responsible, traders were going to be held responsible. And then all of a sudden, a lot of the Wagner group that was on this convoy got to, in the next day or two, relocate to Belarus which is just north of Kiev, which, which, which basically is like a pincer movement that the news watched happen and were reporting it as it was a coup. And we're going to get to this later, but it shows you why you should never listen to Fox News even, MSNBC, NBC. Look how they covered this supposed coup that wasn't a coup. I mean, when I say they... I saw, I saw a Ukrainian drone pilot watching this supposed coup unfolded his iPad while eating popcorn, smoking a cigarette, which, which isn't even a good combo, but why, why that was put on social media and MSNBC or wherever it was, I, I don't know why, but then you saw what happened in France, which looked like it could be a legitimate coup. That was their George <laughs> Floyd moment, and it got no attention at all, or not the attention <laughs> it could have. It's, it's amazing. So it makes me, it, it makes me wonder, what, what is the real story here we're never gonna know. This is gonna be like um, this is gonna be like the invasion of Normandy when you see a body wash up on on the 
western the eastern french shoreline and six months later there's an there's an invasion i, I don't know how long it's going to take but something nothing made sense and how the news covered it they should be embarrassed because you were in a different country and were able to see it it didn't make sense it didn't make sense how are you going to overthrow russia napoleon couldn't do it Hitler, Hitler couldn't do it. It was almost like I was almost like I don't want to say laughing, but like what? What do you mean this group's going to overthrow Putin in Moscow? What? Like what? So I'm, I'm I just googled it. Wagner coup, right? This is from today, this morning on Yahoo News. This is how I mean the media was just salivating, salivating at this, thinking that they were going to get their their moment. To, to declare the, uh, Putin overthrown. It says, Russian dictator Vladimir Putin's regime has been profoundly shaken due to a loss of control after the coup attempt by the Wagner mercenary company and its leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, a political analyst who's told NV. Oh, okay. Well, did you also see that yeah. literally the day after the coup failed or whatever, Joe, he waited till after the coup failed. I think it was the White House or Joe Biden himself said that they had no, they had no involvement at all in that coup. They had nothing. <laughs> but if you think about it, hey, maybe that six point three billion dollar accounting error went to fucking Wagner. Do you ever think about that, guys? That's and and they, they pulled a Steve Miller band and took the money yeah. and, and ran with it. Nice. I mean, my my thought is like, what? Who is in this group where they think they're just gonna they're just gonna roll into Moscow and overthrow the throw the throw the Russian government? I mean, I, it just seems weird. I would love. We'll never know because we're not in Russia. Putin Putin sold it very well because he even supposedly got in a helicopter and fled Moscow and went to I believe what's the, what's Leningrad now Saint Petersburg. I don't even mm. know. Flew there supposedly. I think that's where Vladimir Putin actually is originally from. But they sold it. And it worked. And now I don't know if you have a large Wagner force in Kiev or uh, in Belarus next to Kiev or, or what, but something ain't adding up here. Something ain't adding up what we saw. And I, I don't know, whatever happened to the Ukrainian uh, offensive, whatever happened to the fact that we got all, they got all the leopard tanks and, and it was supposed to change the tide. What's, what's happening? Yeah. No news. Ask, ask the Germans after Stalingrad. No news for a long time isn't necessarily good news when it's war. <laughs> and then according to Newsweek here, the, the Wagner coup was staged by Putin and the West fell for it. This is very, an opinion. Very possible. Very possible. Yeah. What other explanation would you have? They could literally drive a thousand miles to, to topple the, the capital of Russia when it's never been done before in the history of it's, – it's never been done. Look it up. Napoleon failed. Everyone's failed. Hitler, you could name uh, who was the the Prussian king. They all failed. They all end up usually freezing to death and, and yeah. retreating. <sighs> Amazing. Amazing they fell for that, something like that. But they actually thought, the media actually thought that this group of mercenaries was going to roll into Moscow and overthrow Putin. Yeah, and it's amazing the timing. Literally, as soon as the air ran out on that, that Titanic submarine, as soon as the air ran out, they actually had the countdown for the last 10 minutes there. <laughs> As soon as the air <laughs> out, they had another story. Boom. Wait, they just go. Yep. Um, well, you said you mentioned France. Now, what in the hell is going on in France? Was all this sparked by the death of a, you said their George, George Floyd moment. Was all this sparked by 
the police killing some teenager over there? Is that what sparked all this whole thing? Now, we're not there, so we'll, we'll never know for sure. We can only speculate. But in my opinion, it seems to me like it was a 17-year-old kid. I think he was an immigrant. He did not have a driver's license. And the, the cop is on the vehicle, and the kid hits the gas. Whether or not the cop was justified in shooting him, I don't know. But let's take the facts. The kid is an illegal immigrant without a license, driving in a car, and there's armed police there for a reason. So something doesn't add up altogether. And this kid gets shot and killed. And the coordination of these riots and all this strife and these fires, it's amazing to me. It's almost like, is George Soros have a presence in France too or something? I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, not necessarily George Soros, but there's got to be groups over there. But it's just weird. This is, this is, this is all because you saw uh, Emmanuel Macron at a concert the next night. So he didn't, he didn't find it a big deal then. It's almost like they wanted this to happen, like they're letting this happen as an excuse to – you saw they shut down the internet as an excuse to have more control over people. Hey, there's yeah. a lot of rioting going on. You can't go outside. you got to do a curfew. Hey, got to shut down the internet now because of what people are saying on the internet. They're testing it out. It's coming here. Remember, it's it's going to come here eventually. They're going to try to implement it here. So, oh man, I mean, do we have the audio of Trump saying France is not France anymore from when he was president? Have you no. seen that clip? No, I did not. I forget. Was it Benny Johnson or somebody? Um, retweeted this or something like that. And it was basically Trump saying, I'm pretty sure this was when he was president, saying France is not France anymore. You know, they've been overtaken by, you know, illegal immigrants and migrants and people like that. And it's just not the same country as it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And I mean, I honestly have no desire to go to, go to France. You know, I don't know what that says, but I don't know. I mean, well, here's the... Chaos over there all the time. Well, how big is the okay for for for, for our listeners? France is about the size of maybe like the tri-state area, Ohio, West Virginia, PA combined. Maybe. Now look at all the illegal immigrants they just let into the country. The only difference with the United States of America is we are a big country, not just population-wise, but land-wise. You move all these immigrants into France, and it's like them all coming into Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. Do, do you see why, why why there's why there's problems there? Um, so it's about, I'm looking here, they put France in the middle of the United States. So you're looking at like half of Iowa, half of Nebraska, um, all of Kansas, half of Missouri, half of Oklahoma, half of Arkansas. So it, it would fit neatly into the middle of the United States. Yeah. I mean, uh, Texas is bigger than France. How, just... What gets me is how the coverage and how the riots just spark up immediately, and they're so well funded, they're so well prepared. It's just the kid was shot, and I'm not saying he deserved to be shot or he didn't deserve to be shot. I, I don't know either. I, I wasn't there. I can't say, but it sounds almost like this is one of them George Floyd moments where a tragedy happens and it's exploited. Yeah, they're going to use this for more control in France. You watch, watch. Yeah. Well, you know, the whole thing from before, all the protests before was that they wanted to raise the retirement age um, to, what, 67, 68? Yeah, it was up uh, like four or five years or something. Yeah, 
Oh, I think they wanted to raise it too. I think it was 65 to 67. And I think the retirement age in Italy is somewhere around that as well. I was asking some people over there about the retirement age and when you can get your, you know, your, I mean, when you retire, I, I, think, I think it's actually like more than social security when you live in Europe and you get that government pension. It should be. You uh, pay your paycheck to, for that stuff. Yeah, I mean, for those of you listening that don't aren't aware of the tax rate in, in places like Europe, and especially in Italy, I mean, they are taxed at like a 40 to 45 percent rate. I mean, you were talking almost half, half of your money is going to, to taxes, to the, to the government, to the, to the federal, the state government, you know. So when they retire, they get a government pension. And this pension is a lot. So. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this happen in Italy just because of the aging population, you know, um, and, and who knows, we might see it down the road here in the United States one day uh, with, with Medicare and social security, because if these programs aren't funded and they will not fund them, well, then what's the only option left to do, Joe? It's to raise the, it's to raise the, the age at which you could start benefiting from social security and Medicare. So whether it's, what is it right now? 62 and a half, I think, for Medicare or Social Security is the same thing. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did that in little in small increments in the United States one day. Like you said, they're going to have to. But if they just quit, like the movie Casino, skimming out of the back room from taxpayers' money and sending it to different countries, mm-hmm. we'd have enough money. Believe me. There's enough money yeah. coming in. So, so I'm, I'm looking here. So I just had to look this up just to make sure we're, we're accurate here with our information. So at the full retirement age for Social Security, so if you were born between 43 and 54, all right, you, when you retire, all right, at 66, you get your Social Security. Um, if you were born between 55 and 60, all right, it's 67. For anyone born 1960 or later, full retirement benefits are payable at age 67. So, um, you know, who knows, Joe? I, I would anticipate that the time when it comes when we are at this age, 28, 29 years from now, whatever it is, might be 68, 69 years old. You know, just saying. It, uh, might, it went up five years without us even noticing from the time our grandparents were alive. Yeah. So, I, I, I again, I just don't know what, what else they're going to do. But that might be a little bit of political suicide, you know. For so that's that's going to take some balls on the on some behalf of some politicians to raise the age because no one wants to touch that. But at some point, you're going to have to do it. You think George Bush Senior, who I who I actually hate. When he said, read my lips, no new taxes, you think he wanted to raise taxes after that? Yeah. Right. Uh, um, let's, right. let's get to a juicy, a juicy story here. I mean, the whole, it's, it's, this is all Biden stuff, and this is, this is all earth-shattering news. Every single one of these we're going to pick apart here. I, I, I don't even know how to begin. You want to begin with his, his phone call in 2019? We'll start with that. We said, well, you have your Biden. Is this the global phone or is this the this is the this is the global phone, the global phone. Oh, yeah. Burner phone. Okay, go ahead. If I could recommend one podcast where I actually used to get a lot of my information, still do get some John Solomon reports. I believe it's called Just the News. Uh, Really, really good investigative reporter. And I'm going to play the audio. Apparently, he had Joe Biden, Joe Biden's secret burner cell phone number. And he called it. Listen. The FBI, there has been some documents that law enforcement has gotten through other means. 
and one of those documents got leaked to me, and it had a cell phone number that Hunter Biden was paid for. So I figured, oh, this is my chance. Maybe I can, I've been trying to get fair comment from Hunter Biden. So I'm going to call the cell phone. So I called the cell phone, and guess who picked up the phone? Oh, boy. Joe Biden. Joe oh, Biden. What? Boy, was he shocked when he got, uh, when he picked up the phone and found out it was me. He was not now, although I, I guess he could be lying, but I'm going to tell you why John Solomon is a very patient genius, Mark. This is from 2019. He could have he could have wrote stories about this, and it would have it would have got some media attention on Foxes, but it would have been ignored. It would have been debunked, and, and it would have now releasing it in 2023. Being patient, is it not a lot more believable? Yeah, it actually absolutely is more believable than it would than it would have been back in 2019. So shout out, shout out to John Solomon for being patient and, and, and waiting to release that because I'm sure he knew, and I'm sure he knew he would be attacked. That is like an ace up the sleeve right there, if in fact this it does come out to be true. <sighs> Why would you answer the phone ever? Yeah. From, from a number you don't know. Why would you answer that phone? <laughs> Secret global cell phone. So do you think this is one of those satellite phones they give out to Congress or what? You should never answer that phone if, if it's called. You, you should only be doing the calling or you should be aware that a call was incoming. Just answer the phone. I'm just not surprised at all. I mean, they are their, their arrogance and their air of inevitability. You haven't, know? haven't you ever seen 24? They always know who's calling before they answer. When you're when you're a criminal syndicate, that's what you need to do. That's how you that's how you avoid getting caught, not by answering the phone when a when a journalist is calling you. Hang on, Hunter. So, there's a number calling that I don't know. Let me see who this is. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Like to answer the phone. How often do you even answer your phone? <laughs> and it's a, it's a public. No, I mean, come on. I mean, normally if, if I don't know who it is, I rarely answer. Right, and it's not a global phone, is it? I mean, you no, you were just. I, know. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then this next thing here, I, I texted you from from uh, no, I don't even know this is, this is the next topic, but I texted you from Italy, and this was a new media narrative: is that the story of a father's love with Hunter Biden in his in his drug problem, a story of a father's love. That's how they're painting this now. At least one media outlet painted it like that. It's, said, Joe, what did it, I say, Joe? The, the narrative is unbelievable now. It's fun to watch them squirm around this. It's about a, it's about a father's love. Yes, yes, he was doing smoking crack in his father's garage where there was classified materials, but we don't care about that. He loves his son. <laughs> All you can do is laugh. I mean, no one else is talking about this. No other mainstream media outlet is talking about this, which is, which is kind of the funny part. You know, it's, it's, this is all, listen, Joe, here's my take on this. If, 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 if the Republicans win heavily and we get Trump back in the White House next year, I'm telling you, this is going to be due to the fact that Elon Musk owns Twitter. Independent journalism has exploded um, with the likes of Rumble, now, um, all of the independent voices that are back on Twitter. This is where people are going for their news. You know, unfortunately, you're still getting probably several million people that are watching um, network news every night. 
you know, the CBS and the ABC and the NBC nightly news and all that stuff. Unfortunately, they are not, you know, communicating these stories and we know they're not. So, but, you know, I think we're going to credit a lot of this if we win in 24 to independent media in places like Twitter and Rumble and in the podcast game. So go ahead. What no, we got here the next topic? Without a doubt, you are right, I have to say. But remember, if it wasn't for independent media, not just like us too, even places like the Daily Wire, uh, Turning Point USA or whatever it is, Real America's Voice, I'm sorry, you'd still think the Hunter Biden laptop was Russia disinformation. And we might be at war with Russia right now because popular opinion might be to go with war with Russia. I'm just saying it's a good point. We got to keep up the good fight, though. But let's move on to the smartest man Joe Biden knows, and that's his son, Hunter. This is from Travis and Flint on Twitter. New emails reveal that Hunter Biden invested in a pandemic preparedness company while his dad was VP. And after his investment, they received millions in taxpayer funding. So the company received millions in taxpayer funding after its Hunter's investment. According to public information records, According to public information records, the company Meta Biota received a 250000 investment from Hunter Biden's company before requesting his help with Ukrainian relations. Ukrainian, or, you know, the country, same country we're giving billions to. The company then received over $818 million in taxpayer money with some earmarks for the Ukrainian relations. How was Hunter so smart that he invested in a pandemic preparedness company before COVID? Mark. Do you know how? I, I, I don't know how. Do you, can, you, can you defend this? <laughs> Listen, unless you are in the know, unless you are in the upper levels of government, and you are very, very well connected, you would have had this blindsided everybody, except, you know, the, the Biden crime family and Bill Gates. Uh, and people were just completely blindsided by the whole COVID pandemic thing, and yet, they're investing in tech and they're investing in pandemic preparedness in 2019. What? And they got Dude. everything wrong. They messed up the mask, the guidance, the six feet, the <laughs> vaccines, everything. Who was combing through these emails? I mean, there were, it just seems like every day or every other day or every week, new emails, new emails reveal, new emails reveal. I mean, who, who's taking the time to look at all of these Hunter Biden emails from the laptop from hell? Is that where they're coming from, Joe? The laptop from hell? Yeah. Um, the one site's Marco Polo. I don't know if it's MarcoPolo.com, but that's the person that had all. He looked that up. He did all the work for everyone. So whoever that person is or if it's group people, they, they did all the work for everyone. It's just, it's so, when I say it's so much, it's overwhelming. And there are a whole laundry list of crimes there from money laundering to I, I, I don't know. Prostitution? I, I, I don't know. That seems yeah. like a minor. That he was writing off on his tax on his taxes? Yeah, but I mean, are we even worried about that anymore? <laughs> he already played guilty to that. He, he already said he was wrong, Mark. His dad loves it. <laughs> it's a father's story, but father's love. Oh, dear Lord. And then we have this next, this next thing that came out. This came out, what, two days ago? Do you want me to, the, the, the best, the, the best is, is when you go headline by headline from day to day. So I'm going to read you how I saw the headlines. The first one I saw, and I completely ignored it, completely ignored it because you see these all the time. They're all like these, these, these false death threats or these false packages. White House on high 
the best is it's, under, it's classified under crime. It's classified under crime. Natishi Verma is the, is the author. White House on high alert as Secret Service investigates hazmat incident. Fast forward, I believe it was just a few hours later. This is from Fox News. White House grounds evacuated after Secret Service discovers unknown items. They closed roads, Mark. The Secret Service said the road closures around the White House have since been lifted. Okay, that's good. Moving on. This is, I believe, July 3rd. Powdery substance found at White House sent for further testing, Secret Service says. So I'm thinking, well, okay, I'm still not that interested. I'm still not that interested in the story, right? Who would be? This happens all the time. And then long behold, from the Hill, I believe it was on July 4th, powder that prompted brief evacuation at White House found to be cocaine. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm just thinking, didn't they make a big deal recently asking questions about Hunter Biden all of a sudden living in the White House? Yeah. Oh, for the headline, I'll just read the last, last couple of lines. Secret Service examining how suspected cocaine ended up at the White House. And Mark, you have a few points you want to say on that. And then the last one, uh, Biden and his family watched on from the Truman balcony as the White House and sky above Washington, D.C. was filled with an impressive pyrotechnic display. Hunter had to have the time of his life during that fireworks show. <laughs> Mark, two points, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go at it. Number one, is a library really the best place to do cocaine or, or the environment to be coked up in? Number one. Number two, imagine the sound of Hunter's double barrel shotgun nose blowing cocaine in a quiet library in, inside the White House. It's, it's almost unfathomable. <laughs> when did this story come out, Joe? When, when was this discovered? I don't know because they were dancing around it. It was a big deal until they realized it was cocaine and they tried to downplay because it, it was found near the white house. And I like, and then all of a sudden it was like in, in the library. Well, that's not near the white house. That's inside the white house. And it's like, Oh my God, it's cocaine. Well, who would have cocaine? It had to be either Biden or one of his staffers or someone. Yeah. So now they're trying to cover it up. I just, I just Googled cocaine white house. And this is from market watch white house says cocaine found in, in quotes, heavily traveled part of West wing. Okay. Um, so they're trafficking so, cocaine in the White House. You have people sneak. Is it that easy to sneak drugs yeah. in the White House? Then what's happening at the border? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Who is bringing cocaine into the White House? And leaving it. You don't leave cocaine anywhere. You're very aware and alert when you have cocaine. You stash it somewhere. You forget <laughs> weed somewhere. Politico, two hours ago. White House cocaine culprit unlikely to be found. Law enforcement, law enforcement official. So they have uh, no cameras that show them who's going into this library. Well, it was it was you that said, don't they have cameras? And I said, it, it's probably more lax in the Beaver County Courthouse, I'm sure. Yeah, why not? Well, I said to you, I said, don't they have, like, well, I was thinking, you know, all right, just, just say what if it wasn't Hunter Biden, all right? Just say what's well, a staffer, someone coming into the White House. First of all, that would take an insane amount of balls for a staffer or someone who else is in the White House visiting or whatever. Or a insane really, amount of love for your child. Or an insane amount of love for your job. Let's just say this, this wasn't Hunter. Let's just start there. To bring cocaine into the White House with the risk of being caught, whether you might not know if there's drug dogs or security, whatever, right? I mean, who knows? Maybe someone put it up in their asshole or maybe put it in their, in their boxer briefs and, and went through security. 
and they got in that way. Okay. <laughs> and you said to me, yeah, <laughs> it's got to be more lax in the Beaver County Courthouse. So then, all right, what if it is Hunter Biden? Who, who else would it be? Right? So then we look at this tweet here that you put in, in, in our sheet today. Uh, this is from Amuse on Twitter. Source, the small bag of cocaine found in the White House library just happened to be in the same room where Hunter Biden used his laptop. Immediately following the evacuation, Secret Service assumed it belonged to Hunter. <laughs> the White House attempted to discredit reports from the hazmat team that the unknown substance was cocaine. The Secret Service did not collect fingerprints from the bag as they knew Hunter had left it behind. Okay. This story, this story is like something that would happen in a movie about the president and like he has like a 16-year-old son and it's a bag of weed. Yeah. And the Secret Service caught it and they got, oh man, can't have a hazmat. We got we, we, we got to try to cover it. This is cocaine and it's the president's 50-something-year-old son that has a drug problem and may have been selling <laughs> secrets to other countries and a foreign agent. When would it be enough, Mark? When would it be enough? <laughs> that tweet, this is fresh. This is fresh. That tweet was yesterday, and that got 5.5 million impressions, 5.5 million views on Twitter. Then we have our boy, Simon Ateba, the uh, African journalist we've talked about before on this podcast. Details on cocaine found on the White House Library. The White House Library is primarily accessible to White House staff, including the president and their immediate staff, as well as members of the executive office of the president. It is a working library that serves as a resource for research and information related to the president's duties and responsibilities. Additionally, authorized researchers, scholars, and historians may be granted access to the White House Library on a case-by-case -case basis, typically through the arrangements made with the White House Historical Association or the National Archives and Records Administration, with a picture of a large bag of cocaine underneath it. Um, <laughs> They're going to pin this on Lee Harvey Oswald's grandson or something. <laughs> Talk about a patsy. Who's going to be the patsy for this? Well, well okay. No matter what, Mark, and I'll, I'll make a good point here. It's not going to work because if a staffer takes blame, I, I almost think it's – I think best case scenario is it's Hunter Biden. If it's a staffer, what does that say about your staff? If it's, right. if it's someone – if it's anyone, if it's anyone else besides Hunter, what does that say about your staff? I, I, I mean, how could you get away with this? You, so, so what happened? So they, they were blowing lines of coke in the library. This is actually kind of funny to actually talk about, to actually say these things out loud instead of thinking about them, right? So they're blowing coke in the White House library. And then they left what? Residue behind? They didn't do the gummy uh, all over their gums? Or they just left a couple lines behind? What happened? Like, what was, it's, how much was left behind? It's either that or, or Hunter Biden knew exactly where to go, what bookshelf to go. And it's a giant shared bag and he pulled it out. And it's got like one of those, when you open it up, all the pages are missing in a certain spot and it's shaped like a little bag and you just go somewhere and blow it on the table. I just don't understand. The balls to do it in the library. Balls, not even in a bathroom. Like there's got to, I'm telling you, it had to be stashed there. Or honestly, if you really want to go blue on conspiracy, I'm going to say someone planted it there and framed Joe or Hunter Biden to try to get them out of office. That's, that's actually more plausible than, than you, you probably think. But none of, this, none of this makes sense. It's the best case scenario for the White House for it to be Hunter Biden, I think, right? It has to be. You can't have, <laughs> it has to be. You can't have, you, you can't have just name a person. Name a person on a staff. Would you rather the president's son be using it? Who's a drug addict. It just looks bad, black eye, or someone on your staff. <laughs> 
I never thought about the um I never thought about the um the the scenario where they would try to frame him by planning it there. That's an interesting take. It's it's possible only because and we've mentioned this for I think that's going on two months now. They're eventually gonna make a move to try to, to you saw it in the news. It was like one time it just a giant shift happened where they quit going to bat completely for Joe Biden and they started covering him falling more and doing this. Yeah, they're covering this. Yeah, they're trying to do damage control. And, and maybe I'm just so far in this conspiracy that my mind is spinning, but it's almost like the damage control is doing more damage than it is control. Think about the psychology of this, Joe. <laughs> okay. Think about the psychology of what we're going to talk about right now, what I'm going to tell you. All right. So say you are a staffer and you say you brought cocaine into the White House. More than likely, if you're going to do that or you're anyone else, not a staffer, just say you're someone run of the mill. And you're going to do coke in the White House. You're probably going to have a little, maybe hollowed out cigarette, a key, something like that. You're going to go in the bathroom. You're going to flush the toilet. And you're going to blow it up your nose that way. Who in their right mind would have the balls to do it in the library? Only one person I can think of. So that's a great story. I hope we get more on this. This is the best. This is the best story. Whoever's writing these stories, it has to be at this point. It's it's unreal. And he just got a sweetheart deal. He just got a sweetheart deal. Now, we, we can't say for sure that this is Hunter Biden's bag of cocaine or whatever it was, but he just got a sweetheart deal. And it just came out that he settled with his um baby mama, his daughter, Navy Biden, I believe, that baby mama for alimony or whatever the term is. He's going to give her, I think, three-fourths or something of the paintings he sells. Yes. Which, Mind-boggling, which makes me think, well, hey, granted, that sounds terrible, but at least that's one less way for them to loan of money, if you think about it, because she's got to get half all, all the income from that. So maybe Hunter Biden will stop painting. Yeah. So apparently, I read, I read a little bit on this uh, yesterday. They, they were saying that White House staffers were actually advising President Biden to not, when he talks about his grandkids, so what does he have, six, and she would be seven, to only acknowledge the six I don't know. Wait a minute. The six and not acknowledge all, the seven. These are our children. These are all of our children. These are all of our children. He literally came out and said that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> these are all of our children. They're all mine, except for Navy. Except for Navy, yes. Um, but apparently, um, in, a, in a way to generate some goodwill, right, that they have encouraged Hunter Biden to reconcile with his baby mama and um, to, uh, you know, develop a relationship with his daughter. But part of the deal is uh, that you mentioned is that Navy Biden can't use the Biden last name. Good. Good. Why yeah. did you duck out? That is, that is another sweetheart deal given out. Sorry, you can't use the last name Dahmer. <laughs> hey, we have to say, Joe, it's not a sweetheart deal, like the media said. Yeah. On, on repeat, like, like talking heads. It's not a sweetheart deal. It's not a sweetheart deal. If it was anyone else, he would have been charged. Um, he would have been charged, uh, you know, or he wouldn't have been charged at all. So what does that say? Crime. This is just, the best was, this is just a tax crime. And then yeah. they ignore the fact that it involves the president of the United States son, and he was doing yeah. business deals for him. Yeah. <laughs> It's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, 
All right, so what do we have here next with climate change? He wants to block out the sun or something like that. I actually, go ahead, and I'll give you my take. Is your take by any chance going to involve the Simpsons or no? <laughs> no. My take is I don't think this is that bad of an idea depending on where it happens. That's all I'll say. Okay, let me tell you why it's a bad idea for Joe Biden administration. Because, first of all, let me just re- read the headline. This is from Chief Nerd. In a report released Friday by the White House, officials suggested limiting sunlight to rapidly cool the planet, a process known as solar radiation modification, SRM. One method would be to significantly increase the amount of aerosols in the stratosphere, which would reflect the sun rays, ray, which would reflect the sun's rays away from the planet. Mark, here's my issue: why this will not work for this administration? Weren't they just suggesting that we completely rely on solar panels a few yeah. months ago? Yes. Uh, can you yes. just can you can we pick a freaking game plan and go with it? First, it's we're canceling oil. Then it's we need to drain the strategic petroleum resort because we don't have any oil. Then it's like we're going to go solar. Then it's like we're going to block out the sun. Yeah, that's smart. Who's who's coming up? Who's spitballing these ideas? I need to read more about this because if this takes place like over the oceans, which I think I read that they this might. If they are conceiving this, it might take place over the oceans and not over land. Okay, that's one thing. I, I don't think that's that bad of an idea. That's just my take on that. But I, I need to read more about this. I need, we need to do more research on this. On this we, definitely, we definitely do. But if anyone's listening that remembers the episode of The Simpsons, they, they did because my wife sent me the thing about The Simpsons in the, the sub or whatever. I guess that was they did a similar thing to what happened with the Titan sub. In The Simpsons, it's been known, they do predict future events, or it said they episodes predict future events, whatever. Remember the episode where Mr. Burns wants to block out the sun? Yeah, yeah so I do remember that. Do you remember what happens shortly after that? No, what happened? A baby, Is that an ice age? No, a, a, baby, a baby shoots Mr. Burns and, and he almost dies. If we see a baby shoot Joe Biden or something, because I said they're going to move him out. I'm telling you, it sounds crazy. <laughs> If yeah. we see a baby or something, shoot Joe Biden. Remember that Simpsons episode. Yeah. Or just anyone. Anyone. What if what if you just did this over the polls though? I think that would be I think that would be a decent idea. Uh, you can refreeze not... the polls by blocking off the sun. Let's start there. Let's start by just we're not gonna get an Antarctica. I'm sorry. We can't we can't delve into <laughs> but maybe maybe your three of the podcasts we're not ready yet. I'll go into John Kerry going down there in two thousand sixteen and Game of Thrones, and we're not so so the so the the concept behind this, this is from Euro News. Uh, it's called solar radiation modification. Could theoretically cool down Earth by reflecting sunlight back into space. One idea involves pumping sun blocking particles into the upper. Getting another phone call. Um, yeah. The process involves um, pumping. Uh, where was I here? Uh, the process of stratospheric aerosol injection would involve planes spraying an aerosol-like sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere. This mist of particles would reflect the sun back upwards, shading the earth. The method has already worked, albeit accidentally, when Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines erupted in 1891. It released tons of sulfur dioxide. The global temperature temporarily dropped by 0.5 degrees Celsius. Um, so my I just... Take, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. I was going to say, so they did this, then would, our, would all these green initiatives be even necessary? That, that's a good point. 
Yeah. Unless they say, unless they do it like with the vaccine, it didn't work well enough. We need one more dose of the aerosols. Yeah. And then we also need to supplement it with, with you going green and never having oil ever <laughs> or heat in the winter. Uh, it would I, require 175,000 particle spraying flights per year, which would release millions of tons of greenhouse gases into the air. Wasn't, wait, wait a minute. This was just viewed as the worst idea ever last week, putting those tons of stuff into the atmosphere. And now all of a sudden it's a good idea because it'll cool the earth. <laughs> I hate winter. Listen, just refreeze the poles so I don't have to hear about the polar ice caps melting anymore. Yeah, John, uh, what was his name? Not John Kerry, um, man bear pit guy. Um, yeah. With Al Gore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be calm. New, York, New York City is supposed to be underwater right now. If you're hey, in New Greta, York City, let us know. Email us, let us know if you're still alive. Greta Thunberg said, what'd she say? In five years, we're all going to be dead. You believe she deleted, deleted, she deleted that tweet. She deleted it. She just got in a meeting with Zelensky. Did you see that? Um, I did hear that. I didn't see anything or hear anything of the meeting. I saw she went there. My question is why? Is she giving up on global warming and moving to Ukraine where they're going to fire off nuclear missiles and cause <laughs> a nuclear winter? I'm, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know either. It's unbelievable. That's a good transition point, though. We could move to Greta and Ukraine false flags and Article 5. For those yeah. of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know, Article 5 is, uh, I think, the NATO article that says an attack on one is an attack on all. The only thing that's stopping us from not getting into a full-on war with Russia over Ukraine is the fact that Ukraine is not in NATO. But, Mark, do you know who's dying for Ukraine to get in NATO? Lindsey Graham. Lindsey freaking Graham. Did you see, he was, I don't have the video, but he was booed off the stage in South Carolina at a Trump event. I don't know if you saw that. Boy, that but, rally down at Pickens. We'll get back to this in a second. That rally in Pickens, South Carolina, was epic, epic. And yeah, Lindsey Graham got booed. But Trump, Trump was like giving him credit. He's like, Lindsey Graham always comes through and you need him. Blah blah blah. But yeah, he got booed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of five D chess Trump's playing there, but I don't think Lindsey Graham ever comes through when you need him. But that's just my opinion. Um, so it's been going on back and forth with Ukraine and Russia each accusing the other side of trying to blow up the, is it Zaporizhia? Zapor- yeah, Zaporizhia, yep. The Zaporizhia nuclear power plant? And this is coming from Jose Vega. For those of you that are uh, loyal listeners, he's the guy that we always play the video of him going to a town hall or something and screaming at people <laughs> about the situation going on in Ukraine. Pretty good follow. Um, Jose Vega um, on, on, on Twitter. And this is from him. Just received confirmation that if the nuclear power plant is blown up, it was the Ukrainians. The International Atomic Energy Agency experts present at Ukraine's, uh, I guess, Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, ZNPP, have in recent days and weeks inspected parts of the facility, including some sections of the perimeter of the large cooling pond, and have also conducted regular walkdowns across the site, so far without observing any visible indications of mines or explosives. Director General Rafael Mariano Grossi said today. Now, it sounds like they're an Italian last name. So I know the nuclear, that, that, I don't know if it's a worldwide agency or, 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 or how, how it works. Obviously, it is. It's international. But I don't know who they're controlled by. I know, like, um, what is it that's, that's in the United States? Um, 
drawing a blank right now, but what's that? I mean, are we talking about the the atomic energy agency? Well, these, this is like its own body. So if they're saying yeah. there's no mines here, I I, I, I kind of have to believe them. So what is the story where Ukrainians are accusing Russia of trying to detonate the nuclear facility, and you have an international agency saying no, that that's not true. We haven't seen anything like that. Yeah. So right. if it does if it does blow up, all I'm saying is if it does blow up, that's very suspicious on U- Ukraine's part now, right? And we, we've covered this before, Mark, with – remember it was getting shelled like 30 episodes ago. We brought this up 40 episodes ago. It's in the fall. And we said they're shelling it with American and NATO munitions. So how the hell could it be Russia? It's just I, – I what do they want here? Do they really want a global catastrophe? I mean, you could see another Chernobyl, you know, if this were to happen, if they were to do this. Did you? Uh, I hate to interrupt you, but I forget what paper or article or, or outlet it was. But did you see that uh, they said that Ukraine, this power plant blowing up, could cause Ukraine to have its own Chernobyl event, as if Chernobyl wasn't actually in also in Ukraine. Yeah. It's, it's a... So the people that write these articles don't know anything at all. Don't. This is what you're getting. They just they they, they write nonsense and they print it and people read it and and slap their hands like seals over it. <laughs> Have you ever watched the Chernobyl show on HBO? Very good. Um, pretty from what I understand, because we learned a lot about that when I worked at uh, Beaver Valley. That I, I, For those of you that don't know, I worked at a nuclear power station on and off for like eight years. But uh, we learned a lot about that. I, I've had some interest in that. It was very, very good, I thought. Um, and the effects of what radiation does to the body when you get it in high dose is just disgusting, is it not? Yeah. I mean, well, I was going to say about the Chernobyl show on HBO. If you haven't seen that, to our listeners out there, Watch it. It's awesome. It's a great show. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, God forbid if this were to happen again with this power plant, something were to happen like that. Yikes. But I think there's six reactors. I, th- I could be wrong. Six. I think there's six there. I want to say Chernobyl had four. Most plants in the United States yeah. are all multi-unit ones, but I don't think we have many that are four or six. Here's a hot take. Here's a hot take. Um, th- if they were to do this, just say, that will completely obliterate any chance of nuclear energy coming back, making a comeback in any time in the near future. Which is sad because you see what, what it takes to destroy a nuclear facility. Like people forget they blew up a dam. I believe that dam, the water coming from that was probably a, a main cooling water. Some of the main cooling water probably came from that river, that dam for the, the plant. Yep. It's, they're, they're, they're doing a lot to have some kind of travesty here, and I don't know why, and I don't know who's behind it. And when you look at Nord Stream and everything else, you got to wonder, is our own government behind this? And it's scary to say, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but, you know, we talk about nuclear energy, Joe. We talk about, you know, the, you know, global, you know, climate change. Can't say global warming now. Climate change and all these other efforts, and they're trying to do, I mean, the fact that... We don't, we're not pushing nuclear energy, which is completely 100% clean. That should make you ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, All right. Uh, what's next? Next, um, we're going to do the Cali primary, and then we're going to do a few for the July. Of, I think we have one or two threads. If you have anything else you want to add in, then we probably got to get it. I think we're a little over an hour right now. Um, yeah. This is from the last refuge on Twitter going into the 2024 election. If you're a pro Trump person, um, really good account to follow. Um, so 
apparently what had happened was they moved the primary in California from the summertime to March. And I'm not so sure why. Gavin Newsom is the one that moved it. And all I'm going to say, Mark, is this almost makes me feel like Gavin Newsom is going to make a bid at the White House. I, 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 I'm sorry. I think he's going to be the, the, the candidate they pick. I, I, I don't know why. What, do you, what are your opinions on this? Do you really think Joe Biden's going to be the nominee after everything we've seen the last couple of weeks? Yes. <sighs> I still do. I still, honestly, I still do. I mean, um, you have a good feel for these things. So um, I, I, just, I just think that he's still going to run next year. I just feel like the media is running too much cover for him right now. Um, even though we're starting to see a little, some leaks coming out, you know, we, I, I talked to you about that cold cocaine story. Like, why is the media covering it like this? Are they ready to dump Biden? But um, we saw Obama come out the other day and said that he, he thinks the Democratic Party is united behind Biden. And I think we all can agree that Obama is the one, I think, pulling all the strings um, right now with the administration. So... If Obama, say Obama's calling the shots, well, then why wouldn't Obama want Biden to run again? If Obama could be call, possibly calling the shots. Um, you know, and we have a lot of people in this administration who either work for Obama or loyal to Obama. Then why wouldn't he want him to be the president again? You know, so uh, I just, I don't know. Then the primary just, I ask why? Because Gavin Newsom had to be the one to move it. So clearly he was told to move it. And moving it up this Joe Biden cannot be popular in California. Not necessarily that Gavin yeah. Newsom is. But I mean, he's, he did win his recall election. But I, I don't know. It's just clearly they're trying to – both parties are doing this. They're trying to pick the nominee before, before any votes are cast. You saw with, with what Joe Biden did, moving it to um, having – because he can't do it – having Clyburn and his cronies move South Carolina to be one of the first. Yeah. Well, I, I, honestly, I would not want to run against Gavin Newsom. Um, I think he's slick. Um, I think he is a um, he has that image, that politician image. He, he, he talks a good game. That would be honestly might be a bigger disaster than than Biden in the White House um, for for conservative Americans and um, independents as well. Who do you want to see? We'll just say Trump's a nominee. Who do you want to see him run up against? Um, I don't. So your team, your voices are RFK, Biden, Michelle Obama, or Gavin Newsom. Who are you picking? Okay, just for me being extremely selfish, I pick Joe Biden because I think that would be hilarious. But if me for the for the good of our country, RFK Jr. because it's a win win for me at least. Yeah. I mean, there's some liberals that would literally tear their hair out and rip their faces yeah. off, and cry, but. I wouldn't be opposed because I think Trump would destroy Michelle Obama in an election. Um, just to see Trump back in. But I would not want Gavin Newsom. That's all I'm saying. I think that's a good ticket. I'm telling you, Michelle, the Obamas have a house in California. That's not a bad ticket if you have Michelle as the VP, even though she has no political experience ever because you have window lickers on the other side that are just going to hear the name Obama just like they heard the name Hillary Clinton. And a Newsom Obama ticket is not that out of the realm of possibilities. I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. 
Um, all right. Do you want to, we'll skip this close. We'll come back to that on Friday since we're running a little bit long here. Um, let's finish up. All right. So I'm going to read this. Uh, this is from Dylan Allman. This is a, these next two threads are a little bit long. So bear with me here. As you celebrate American independence this year, remember what you're actually celebrating. Those who founded this country were insurrectionists, extremists, traitors, gun nuts, cop killers, cannabis growers, tax evaders, and domestic terrorists, all fighting against a government that was much less powerful and much less intrusive than what it has grown into today. What happened to having the guts to do what's necessary to secure your freedom? For far too long, our rulers have ruled without fear of retribution for their tyranny. They can get away with seemingly anything behind the guise of legitimacy, in quotes. There is a reason none of our representatives seem to be held accountable anymore. Of course, they routinely condemn political violence and endorse peaceful protests. They don't want their force challenged. Their power-hungry goons routinely oppress everyday people with the whole political apparatus behind them. They're just doing their job. Yeah, for monsters. Their oppression leads to widespread extortion, theft, kidnapping, and violence, all while enriching themselves behind closed doors. And they have to, and, and all they have to worry about is being voted out of power. Then they just go back to everyday life like they didn't ruin people's lives, businesses, and futures. Afterwards, they're just replaced by someone else that will do the exact same thing over and over again. Something needs to change. The American revolutionary spirit of liberty, freedom, and individualism must be reignited. Guard with jealous attention the public liberty. Suspect everyone who approaches that jewel. Unfortunately, nothing will preserve it but downright force. Whenever you give up that force, you are inevitably ruined. That's a quote by Patrick Henry at the end. Mark, you see, well, the, you see the picture. Yeah. And that's what I would like to do to some of our elected officials, believe me. <laughs> that was a great tweet. And that sums it up pretty well. I mean, you know, thinking about this country, Joe, thinking about the, the, the destiny we have as a country, where we're headed, but looking also back to where we came from and how we started, the fact that we are a country at all is an absolute miracle. And it's hard to argue that, or hard not to argue that the hand of God had, had some effect in the creation of the United States of America. We should not be here as a country. We were up against the most insane odds ever to win the fight for independence. And yet we did. And I just would love to know what these, our founding fathers would think today. If they saw our first amendment rights being trampled on. Um, not just, We're willingly giving them up some of the people, but go yeah. ahead. And just seeing how things are today. But the fact that we are a nation at all is one of the greatest stories in the history of the world. So we're lucky to live here. I tell that, I tell that to people all the time. We live in the greatest country on earth. Um, it got a lot better in the last two weeks with some of the Supreme Court decisions with affirmative action, which we didn't even talk about. Um, the other issue out of Colorado. Um, and that's why I felt a little bit better yesterday as we saw the fireworks go off and saw 4th of July, the independence celebrations across America, I felt like we were winning again, that we were getting our country back little by little, bite by bite. We're not going to take one big bite out of the apple, Joe. It's going to be a bite here and a bite there. And in 2024, when the final battle comes, we're going to be ready because it's coming. So 
Happy Independence Day. God bless these United States. Um, Mark, if you had to pick a year with, uh, cause the revolution basically started in 1775, I guess you could say, yeah. what year do you think this country is in right now? If, if we were, if we were to travel back with everything that's going on, what year do you think, do you think we're getting close to 1775? I mean, you can feel a buildup for sure. You can feel, you can feel a, a watershed moment is coming that something is something big is, is, is in the works. But it's not like we haven't been here before, you know, um, through different eras, you know, in, in different turnings, as Jack Posobiec calls them, the first turning, what well, he thinks we're in the fourth turning now. And, you know, after the fourth turning, we have greatness. Are we in the fourth turning right now? I believe that. And so to answer your question, was the United States in the fourth turning early on in 1775? I would, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we're probably, that's probably a very, Accurate statement, 1774, 1775. Because you know why, Joe? You know why I think that's an accurate year of where, we at, where we're at in this country? Because you saw um, different protests um, across the colonies back then. The, 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 um, obviously, the Boston Tea Party and some of the other protests when they protested against uh, the Crown. I mean, look no further than a month ago and two months ago with Bud Light, Target. So we're fighting back. We're pushing back. And... Again, the final battle's coming. It's coming next year. Good point. I always, I, I always thought that 2020 would be 1775, but then that would make George Floyd Christmas addicts, and it would just mess everything up on the timeline. It wouldn't make any sense. But <laughs> I think that was his name, wasn't it? The first ever. Yes. Yes. Don't ask me why I know how I have all these random historical facts in my head. All right, we got one more thread here, and then. And then we're going to close it out. Um, so this is from the redheaded libertarian on Twitter. Have you ever wondered what happened to the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence? Five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary Army. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. They signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. What kind of men were they? 24 were lawyers and jurists. 11 were merchants. Nine were farmers and large plantation owners. They were men of means and well-educated. But they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw his ships swept from the sea by the British Navy. He sold his home and properties to pay his debts and died in rags. Thomas McKean was so hounded by the British that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in the Congress without pay, and his family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him, and poverty was his reward at the end. Vandals or soldiers or both looted the properties of Ellery, Clymer, Hall, Walton, Gwinnett, Hayward, Rutledge, and Middleton. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson Jr. noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over the Nelson home from his headquarters, for his headquarters. The owner quietly urged General George Washington to open fire. His home was destroyed and Nelson died bankrupt. Francis Lewis had his home and properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife, and she died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His field and his gristmill were laid to waste. For more than a year, he lived in the forests and caves, returning home to find his wife dead and his children vanished. A few weeks later, he died from exhaustion and a broken heart. 
Norris and Livingston suffered similar fates. Such were the stories and sacrifices of the American Revolution. These were not wild-eyed, rabble-rousing ruffians. They were soft-spoken men of means and education. They had secured, but they valued liberty more. Standing tall, straight, and unwavering, they pledged for the support of this declaration with firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence. We mutually pledged to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And that's from wow. Smith at the end. It's a really, really good tweet and wow. thread. Um, I actually have goosebumps right now. I'm not even joking. Makes you wonder. That was incredible. And you think about Donald Trump, and you think of someone that pledged their fortune, their lives, their reputation, everything. You look at what Donald Trump did in 2016 and try to do again in 2020. He fits that mold, at least for me. I mean, everyone has their own opinion. Does someone like Ron DeSantis? I, I don't know, maybe. Does, does someone like Joe Biden or, or someone? No, they, they, they just don't. But that's my opinion. Remember, though. No signer of the Declaration of Independence ever defected. Like their honor, like the country they founded, would always remain intact. So it's only treason if you lose. Ask Joe Biden. Right, Mark? That's a great point. So, all right, Joe. Well, that's it. Uh, great episode. Um, this was great to be back. Episode 63. Uh, we are approaching, up, approaching what? Our one-year anniversary coming up, Joe. Uh, a few weeks. That'll be Saturday or Sunday. I don't know if we'll do another episode or Friday. We'll try to squeeze one in. After that, yeah. we'll have our maybe our one-year-old anniversary. Maybe we'll pop a bottle of champagne or something. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we All keep right. you guys well-informed, or have been. That's it. Again, we're preparing everyone for the final battle, 2024. Uh, happy Independence Day, Joe. I'm glad you ended the episode with those two tweets, and uh, take us home. God bless, everyone.